I'm Kurt Mowry with uh, Mowry Farms in Sandy Point, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. We are making our way around Washington, D.C. this week, but that's not stopping us from having another episode of Texas Ag Today ready to roll for you. So jump on in with me. Buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State and the nation's capital as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, we are in Washington, D.C., where a group of about 200 Texas farmers and ranchers made their way to the nation's capital recently to talk with members of the Texas congressional delegation. We'll tell you what our two United States senators had to say to that group coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host, along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. They call it demand destruction. Even very popular products can suffer sales declines if their price tags get too high. Beef could be getting vulnerable to that situation. I'm James Hunt and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. A new ag literacy venue is planned for Lubbock at the FiberMax Center for Discovery. Currently, fundraising is more than halfway towards the final goal. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. During a drought, little can be done to increase forage pasture growth. Proper management can minimize impacts of drought on your operation when it does, and it will occur. We will discuss management recommendations to minimize the impact of drought. I'm Dr. Vanessa Olson from Overton. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Our show today coming to you from Washington, D.C., where a group of about 200 Texas farmers and ranchers made the trip to our nation's capital to visit with the Texas congressional delegation. Senator John Cornyn addressed the group, saying he's hearing their concerns about rising input costs. Well, the thing I hear most from my friends in the Farm Bureau and the, in the ag sector is the impact of inflation on all of the inputs they use in order to grow their crop or to produce their, uh, or to or raise their, their livestock. And um, uh, some of the supply chain problems that uh, we're having that have been exposed by COVID-19, um, things like energy costs in particular. And one of the things that's happened with the invasion of Ukraine is uh, energy security is now part of our conversation rather than just emissions or climate. Um, and then uh, talked about uh, trade. Um, I was in Japan two weeks ago, and I, I was uh, able to uh, talk about renewing some of our trade agreements. Texas other Senator Ted Cruz also spoke to the Texas Farm Bureau Group, praising them for the work they do. 
Well, I had the great opportunity to welcome the Texas Farm Bureau to D.C. to thank the farmers and ranchers of Texas for their courage, for their strength, for their leadership, for their fortitude. Uh, the farmers and ranchers across Texas, they feed us, they clothe us, they, they provide us the strength and backbone of the great state of Texas. And a big part of my job is having your back. Uh, I talked about how my number one priority is jobs and the way you get jobs and agriculture and everything else uh, is by keeping the government off the backs of farmers and ranchers. The way you get jobs is by cutting taxes, simplifying the tax code and reducing regulation so that y'all can do what you do best and I'm leading the fight every day uh, to get Washington off the back of Texas farmers and ranchers. Cruz added that he believes the country needs more of the values that Texas farmers and ranchers stand for. Well, I spend a lot of time crisscrossing the great state of Texas and, and in every part of the state. The, the ag community, the Farm Bureau, it, 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 it is the beating heart of our state. It, it, it is the values among Texas farmers and ranchers. Their values, frankly, our country needs to get back to. In Washington, a lot of folks in Washington have lost sight of the, of the values that built our country. Texas farmers and ranchers, you believe in freedom. You believe in, in our Constitution and the Bill of Rights. You believe in free speech and religious liberty. And you damn sure believe in the Second Amendment. And I fight for all of those each and every day. Texas Senator Ted Cruz. Are beef prices getting too high? James Hunt talks with one market expert about that question. Over the past couple of years or so, no matter what else was happening, cattle raisers have been able to celebrate very strong consumer demand for beef. But beef prices have climbed pretty high, and Troy Applehans of Cattlefax says, That's certainly a concern that we have to deal with because of inflation and uh, consumers paying higher money for everything, all the goods that they're purchasing, you know, particularly on energy and food and everything else, uh, fuel prices that they're, that they're having to pay. We look at the percent of inflation that we've seen so far this year, James, it doesn't look like it's going to moderate substantially, not near to the levels that we that we thought it had potential to moderate to. And so it comes down to how much are consumers willing to pay for the price of beef and are they going to trade down? Beef being the most price sensitive protein we have because it is the highest priced. And when times get tough and there's less disposable income out there, consumers often will trade down to a cheaper protein, whether that be pork or poultry. Is there a particular beef product maybe you could cite a price for that you're concerned about? Well, I think it's, you know, the higher end cuts. Uh, you're looking at the middle meats is, would be the ones that you would certainly start to have some concern about because they're the highest price. But you also have typically the wealthiest consumers that are eating those. And so some of it uh, is going to be just carcass wide. You know, you look, you always have great demand for hamburger. Um, we've been able to absorb serious amounts of, of hamburger and trimmings that we've had thus far this year with the high cow kill. But I think you're looking at all parts of the of the fed cattle carcass in terms of middle meats as well as end meats as well. Rounds and chucks, they will be impacted as well. Once again, those comments by Troy Applehans of Cattle Facts are from a conversation at the Texas A&M AgriLife Hemp Hill County Beef Conference. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. There's a new ag literacy venue being planned for Lubbock. Tom Nicoletti tells more about it. My guest today is Lacey Holting. She is the director of the FiberMax Center for Discovery in Lubbock. 
and uh, she is here today to talk to us about a plan in the works called AgWorks, which is another wing of uh, the FiberMax Center for Discovery. And uh, right now you're in a fundraising uh, process. Lacey, tell us about that. This is our big project. We're excited about it. And we are in the fundraising stages. Like everyone had a little bit of an increase due to COVID and inflation. So our project is $6.2 million to make this a reality. And we are about $3.4 million of that raised to date. But we have lots of sponsorship opportunities for um, exhibits, different rooms in this new phase. And I really think there's something for everyone to enjoy in this new part. These areas of activity are for uh, children uh, in fourth grade and lower, but also very educational for adults. Talk about some of the areas of the ag work set. If it becomes a reality, will uh, certainly be a great educational uh, venture. So there's a crop cycle where you can see every step in the process from planting, cultivating, harvest to what it becomes on your store shelf. We have discovery silos, which is a physical area. You can climb and get a bird's eye view of the entire exhibit hall, including a farm seek and find from the bridge between the two silos. One really neat thing is throughout the entire exhibit, there is a focus on careers. So maybe you really enjoy the waterworks exhibit. Well, you can find out what jobs you might have in the water industry related to ag. There's a farm to table market. Talks all about the farmers and ranchers that produce the food we eat and the clothes we wear. Really making that connection that it doesn't just magically appear on a shelf. More on our next program from Lacey Holting with the FiberMax Center for Discovery in Lubbock. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Drought is taking a toll on pastures all over Texas. Forage specialist Dr. Vanessa Olson looks at some ways to minimize the effects of our ongoing drought. Careful management early in a drought can minimize long-term stand damage and help maintain forage yields when rains do come. If pastures are managed properly during times of low moisture, the effects of drought will be less severe and pastures will rebound faster when precipitation is sufficient. The first recommendation is to reduce stocking rate if you believe forage supply will be limited. The longer decisions to decrease livestock numbers are delayed, the sooner the forage supply will be exhausted. Delaying the decision to reduce stocking during a drought accelerates financial losses of the livestock production enterprise. Lack of moisture suppresses plant growth and root development. Allow six to eight inches of new growth before allowing livestock to graze. Roots must be replaced or bare areas will increase and invader weeds will prevail. In addition, overgrazing of plants removes the buds needed for regrowth. If insufficient stubble remains, water capture and infiltration is reduced. So when it does rain again, less water will enter the soil stores for plant growth. Nutrients will be critical for persistence during and following drought conditions. Start with a soil analysis to maximize fertilizer applications. Fertilizer inputs should be reduced during periods of reduced precipitation. Time applications as close to periods of rainfall if possible. Phosphorus and potassium will be critical to maintain an adequate root system for drought persistence and recovery. The last recommendation is to control weeds to reduce competition for moisture and nutrients. Identify weeds early and time applications for effective control. Unfortunately, weeds under drought stress are usually much more difficult to control. Using a high-quality, non-ionic surfactant may improve herbicide absorption. Remember, management practices that minimize damage to pastures during drought are also the same for maintaining healthy pastures in a normal year. 
This is Dr. Vanessa Olson with Texas A&M AgriLife Extension in Overton for Texas Ag Today. USDA is now accepting applications for a program designed to improve wildlife habitat. I'm Jessica Dolmel and I'll have details coming up on Texas Ag Today. And did you know that some horses bleed into their lungs during intense exercise? Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas Farm Bureau Insurance has protected fellow Texans with auto, home, health, and life insurance since 1952. With more than 260,000 square miles of land and 27 million people, that's a lot to cover. Whether you're wrangling cattle or wrangling kids, we're proud to protect Texans in all Texan ways of life. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to get insurance for Texans by Texans. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Did you know that some horses can bleed into their lungs during intense exercise? Dr. Bob Judd says this is called EIPH. Bleeding into the lungs during exercise is called exercise-induced pulmonary hemorrhage, or EIPH for short. Researchers have studied the problem for years, and Dr. Warwick Bailey from Washington State indicates in the horse publication that physiologic factors that enable horses to be such wonderful athletes are also at the heart of the disease. Bleeding in the lungs during exercise can result in blood accumulation in the lung tissue and airways after high-speed exercise. Some horses bleed only a slight amount and are classified as grade 1, while others have a significant bleed and are at a grade 4. Grade 4 horses have blood covering 90% of their tracheal surface, and blood can even be seen pooling at the entrance to the lungs on endoscopic exam. This blood in the lungs leads to inflammation and certainly can decrease the horse's performance. Dr. Bailey indicates the reason these horses are such great athletes is they are able to increase their circulating blood volume when they engage in exercise. It is believed that the main cause of bleeding is due to rupturing of tiny capillaries when at intense exercise. As far as performance, horses with grade 3 or 4 EIPH have a greater degree of reduced performance, and fortunately, this is only about 10% of the horses. For racehorses, the horses with severe EIPH start the race running fast and then slow down while normal horses increases. The bottom line is that lots of horses have some bleeding in their respiratory tract with intense exercise but a small amount of bleeding is not necessarily significant. However, it has been shown that the syndrome is progressive as horses age. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. USDA is now accepting applications for a program designed to help improve wildlife habitat. Jessica Domel tells more about it in today's Wildlife Report. The U.S. Department of Agriculture is now accepting new and modified proposals for projects designed to effectively manage wildlife habitat. The funding comes through USDA's State Acres for Wildlife Enhancement, or SAFE, initiative, which is part of the Conservation Reserve Program, or CRP. Through SAFE, producers and landowners are able to restore vital wildlife habitat in alignment with high-priority state wildlife conservation goals by establishing wetlands, grasses, and trees. 
Scott Marlowe, Deputy Administrator for Farm Programs at the Farm Service Agency, told USDA Radio that SAFE allows states and partners to add wildlife enhancement practices to CRP acres. So this is a chance for folks to sort of up their game on providing wildlife habitat and to get included into their CRP acres and their conservation plan. Some of the beneficial practices around promoting wildlife habitat, there are a series of bird and other species that this has strong benefits for. These are due to state offices during June. One thing is that if states had safe plans from previous years, because we've had some significant changes to CRP, over the last few years. They need to bring those updated plans back in. The big thing is really work with your state offices. They'll work with you to make sure we can figure it out. Once those proposals are evaluated, the actual practices will kick in then this fall. FSA has added two new practices to improve safe planning and implementation to enable safe partners to target wildlife species like the northern bobwhite, lesser prairie chickens, and New England cottontails. Proposals are due to USDA service centers in June. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Dolmel. The cattle market started the week with a bang on Monday, so how did they follow up in Tuesday's trade? Jessica will be back with a complete look at the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Break out your camera and snap a pic for the Texas Farm Bureau Photo Contest. You or someone you know can share your best photo with the entire Lone Star State and maybe win some cash, like $250 for first place, $200 for second place, and $100 for honorable mention. The contest is open to Texas Farm Bureau members or an immediate family member. Rural settings and lifestyles are the preferred themes for all submissions, and contestants are limited to one entry per person. Top four winners will be selected and published in the July edition of Texas Agriculture and the summer edition of Texas Neighbors. Snap your pick now for the Texas Farm Bureau Photo Contest. The entry deadline is June 1st. Visit TexasFarmBureau.org for complete contest rules. That's TexasFarmBureau.org. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. Corn traded lower for the second day in a row Tuesday, and that led the cattle markets to trading higher. June live cattle up 12 cents to 135.32. August live cattle up 27 cents Tuesday to 137.32. May feeder cattle were up 97 cents to 162.40. August feeder cattle up $2.20 to 176.27. Box beef was mixed Tuesday. Choice down $1.75 to $260.80. Select was up 98 cents to $249.21. Now let's check those livestock auctions. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. There's auctioneer Troy selling cattle for us. They sold them in Lockhart on Thursday. Let's go to that little country ball of fire, Madison Bexley, and ask her how it did. Maddie, how are you? How did it go? It was a very good day. We ended up with 955 with 172 cows and 21 bulls, 149 sellers, and 72 buyers. Walk the pins with us. Uh, on the stalker cows, we got along uh, real good this week. Uh, front end of the pairs that are bought from 1250 to 1800. Uh, the mediocre and middle-aged bears from 875 to 1200. The good red cows from 950 to 30. 
13.50. The mediocre middle-aged and shortbreads from 6.50 to nine and a quarter. Uh, the longhorn and the planter cows from 3.50 to six and a quarter. The backer cows would have been four to six lower than a week ago, and the bulls about steady with last week. The good high yielding cows from 77 to 84. The medium yielding cows from 66 to 76. The low yielding and lightweight cows from 40 to 65. The good high yielding packer bulls from a dollar four to a dollar 14 and a half. The medium yielding bulls from 97 to a dollar three. The low yielding and lightweight bulls uh, from 80 to 96. And the calves in Ireland sold pretty much steady with a week ago on a good active market. And all in all, it was a real good day and we got along great. Do you have a handle on anything for next week? I don't know of anything yet, but Larry, I was just going to um, put this out there. You have a longtime follower and listener, Chad Childs, that's getting married this weekend. And I told him, I will make sure that Larry tells you congratulations. Congratulations. It is Saturday. Well, y'all have fun and uh, <laughs> tell them have a happy union and then tell us how to get a hold of you, Madison Bexley. Yeah. Yeah, Larry, you can always check us out on Facebook, or you can call the barn at 512-398-3476, my cell phone at 979-540-9793, or you can ring Bubba at 512-461-6091. Neighbor, that's the way we do walk in the pens. From the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Larry Marble. Neighbor, good day. May lean hogs down a dime to 99.77. June lean hogs down $2.77 to 102.20. April class 3 milk was down a penny to 24.38 a hundredweight. May class 3 milk was even at 24.23 a hundredweight. July cotton down 73 points to 150.08. October cotton up 95 points to 133.40. Corn fell on Tuesday on behind average planting pace. According to the U.S. Department of Agriculture, only 14% of the U.S. corn crop has been planted. Normally about this time of year, we see about 33% of corn in the ground. May corn down 12 and a quarter to 800 and three quarters. July corn down 10 and a half to 793. September corn down seven and three quarters to 750. May hard red wheat was down five Tuesday at 1081 and three quarters. July hard red wheat down five and a quarter to 1092 and three quarters. June natural gas was at 40 cents Tuesday to 788. July natural gas up 38 cents to 795. June crude oil down $2.57 to 102.60 a barrel. July crude oil down $2.25 to 101.17 a barrel. The Dow up 82 points to 33,100. The S&P 500 up 22 points to 4,178. The NASDAQ up 32 points to 12,568. Well, that wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. I'm Jessica Dolmel. Be sure to join us next time for the latest news in Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.